Hey, y'all, we're back. I got to talking to some of my buddies yesterday, and uh, the topic of old, old revolvers that weren't very expensive came up. And uh, a friend said, how about the old Ivor Johnsons? I said, boy, I haven't thought of them in a long time. They had the Ivor Johnson safety revolver, all right? Now, if you don't have not heard of Ivor Johnson, well... I'm here to tell you about it, boys and girls. It, uh, if you've got a habit of poking around gun shows or shops, and you ever have a chance upon an old hinge-framed break-top revolver under the glass, take a moment to look at the grips. More than likely, or not, you will see a stylized owl staring back at you from the black plastic grips. Now, if you do, it's probably an Ivor Johnson safety automatic. If you have some spare change, it's worth your time to ask to take a look at it. Now, who is Ivor Johnson? Well, the Ivor Johnson Arms and Cycle Works. Yes, <laughs> they were the makers of handguns and fine bicycles, by the way. And they started business back in 1871 by an, a 30-year-old Norwegian-born inventor by the same name. Truth to be told... It started as the Iver, uh, as the Johnson and By Company, that's spelled B-Y-E, but eventually Johnson bought out By and went at it alone. The Fitchburg, Massachusetts-based factory concentrated more on its bicycles than its firearms and employed many Scandinavian immigrants, including one Oscar Frederick Mossberg, who uh, later went on to do some work in shotguns with his sons. Just before Ivor died in 1895, his company began to produce a new revolver that the late engineer had perfected late in life, known as the safety automatic. Now, now let's, let, let's clear the air here just a little bit. The Ivor Johnson safety automatic is, neither has a manual safety nor is an automatic. It's a revolver. It's a double-action top-brake revolver similar in layout to the Smith & Wesson hinge frames in the 1860s. Uh, what made the Ivor different from the Smith's that it, in fact, that it had an internal transfer bar safety. The safety consisted of a bar that rested between the hammer and the rear of the cartridge in the cylinder chamber. Now, uh, the bar prevented the gun from discharging if dropped and moved into place to fire only when the... Uh, trigger was depressed all the way so the gun would only go off if you pulled the trigger now if you dropped it it hit on the hammer like a lot of guys had with the six shooters in the west they always used to keep the hammer down on an empty cylinder case uh spot so that it wouldn't drop and pop off right there beside you but anyway uh designed by a fellow scandinavian immigrant amber Fry andrew freiberg while at uh, Ivor Johnson and patented in 1896, this hammer, the hammer action, was positively revolutionary for handguns. Up until then, you risked an accidental discharge if you dropped your gun, like I was just talking about, if the gun was carried with the hammer down on a loaded cylinder. That's why a lot of people back in those days used to keep the gun on an empty cylinder, uh, keep the hammer down on an empty cylinder just, just <laughs> for that reason. Now, that was a real concern for the time. Now, these guns were sold in both small frame versions with a 3 to 6 inch barrel and 22 long rifle. That would be a 7 shot. 
or in 32, that would be a five shot, and a large frame 38 version that came out in barrel length as short as two inches. With so many options, you could uh, buy a small concealable revolver for discreet carry or hiding it in a cash drawer or uh, maybe a larger piece for home, home defense. Now, when introduced, the safety automatics retail for six bucks, which in today's money is about 150 and uh, a nice safe and, for the time, relatively powerful handgun with a fast reload for the price that almost anyone could afford. And it was a hit back for the company and back in those days. In short, they were like the car store of the 1900s. So, But um, now, uh, some 250,000 first model Ivor Johnson safety automatics were made from 1894 to 1896 a significant and brief production life if there ever was one now these guns use a single top latch to hold the revolver together a simple design which boasts four patent dates listed on the barrel with the last one being 93 the first gun of uh, first run of the guns were all designed and built for uh, low pressure black powder cartridges on the top of the barrel rib, there's a serial number, which usually doesn't, uh, usually doesn't begin with the letter code, but sometimes it does. So, The second model was uh, made from 1897 to 1908, and these were generally black powder only, and are identified easily due to the fact that they have a double top latch, a patent date that ends in 96, and uh, serial numbers that start with letters A through F. Now, some 950,000 of these were produced. It uh, was one of these serial numbers. Uh, the serial number, by the way, was 463344, bought for $4.50 by the anarchist uh, Leon Znozov, who shot President William McKinley back in 1901. Now, a hammerless version with a distinctive humpback shrouded frame was also made in this version. These second model hammerless, hammerless guns, these variants, have a manual safety on the trigger, uh, which makes them easy to spot while Glock, Gaston Glock is silent on the trigger design. But it seems to me like he might have made a little bit of uh, stealing there or something. But anyway, the uh, third model used coil springs rather than flat springs of the first two models, which uh, made this one in unique. The serial number ranges don't go lower than a G, and all these guns were beefed up to take smokeless powder rounds. Now, this is about when smokeless powder was coming out. Now, remember this, because we'll bring it up later, because if you come across one of these, you know, make sure that what pow guns to shoot here. Now, these guns and a corresponding hammerless were produced as late as the start of World War II. The distinctive monogram on the grips gives these guns the nickname of owl head revolvers. Uh, the owl looks at the barrel, but is under these grips. If, uh, but it is under these grips that you can find the late, uh, the date and code that can help identify when your revolver was made. And uh, late third model guns are usually found with wooden grips rather than the plastic. And in addition, on the first and second model guns. The cylinder freewheels while uh, when at rest so if it's just sitting there it'll spin there's nothing wrong with it that's the way they are but anyway while well, the third model doesn't now 
These guns were never really ins expensive, and today they run anywhere from 25 bucks for guns in non-functional condition, but otherwise complete, to a nice minty third model that is still fireable for about 175 now, with several dozen varieties of these revolvers made over a 50-year period, uh, they're easily, they're an easy collectible to get into for very little money. The uh, fact that the McKinley gun was one of these models further adds to their mystique. Now, the production dates under 1941. They're all CNR eligible, and uh, many first and second models are classified as pre-1898 antiques. So, if you buy one of these and shoot it, take a moment to pause here. Now, the newest Ivor Johnson Safety Autos is still more than 60 years old. Now, two out of three of these models were never chambered for modern cartridges and all use early steels that are not as strong as today's metals. Now, at a very minimum, Guns.com suggests you have an, any potential shooter <laughs> thoroughly evaluated by a gunsmith you trust. These old revolvers, be, you know, they just might not have the moxie it takes to hold this type of powder. And because uh, a lot of them, like we said earlier, were black powder models, and if you put smokeless powder in, in them, they just ain't, they may come apart on you. Now, for Use the proper ammunition the gun was designed for, and you can still get some of this old stuff if you look around. But still, with all that being said, if you have some spare change in your ashtray and are looking for to collect a neat old gun, Ivor Johnson might be one to go with. You know, they, they are kind of interesting looking, and they, if you like some old guns in your collection, I do, I have a couple, but... Uh, they just need to pick up and mess with sometimes. I never take them to the range or try to shoot them, but they're just neat to play with. I took one apart just to clean it up. It was filthy inside, cleaned it all up, and wiped it down and put it back in the safe. But that's what you can do. But anyway, if you got any bitches, gripes, or complaints, feel free to shoot us an email at gunsmoke at yahoo.com or catch us on Facebook and... Uh, you know, send us a friend request, check us out, send some pictures, send us some information, let us know what you're doing, and uh, we'll all get together that way. So, anyway, so until the next time, y'all take care.